Hi there and welcome to this week's episode of the Accepted Authority podcast. I'm Greg Roworth, your host, and in this podcast, we talk about challenges related to growing your professional service firm, your consultancy practice, and specifically with a focus on your marketing and client acquisition processes. In today's episode, I want to focus on your clients. Now, when we talk about your clients, what I often hear from my clients, consultants like you, in the early stages of the practice, there's often a feeling that any client is a good client. But that's only a very temporary situation because it's not too long until they start to understand that that's not really true. It's not a fact that any client is a good client because there's a range of different type of clients that you might um, experience in your practice that you might acquire and work with over the course of time. And what you'll find out is that there's a set of clients that are absolutely brilliant. They are the sort of clients that you would want to work with every day. You enjoy working with them. They contribute to your uh, business profits, obviously, but also the satisfaction of the people involved with working with those clients. They're clients that everyone would love to work with. But on the other hand, there's also a set of clients that are the total opposite. They're clients that make your life difficult. They make your business harder to run. They are disruptive. They don't comply with what you want. They don't supply you with the information you need to do your work properly and effectively. They can be a costly part of running your business. So when we say any client is a good client, not, that's what we're talking about here, that you've got to be very careful about the sort of clients that you select the sort of clients that you decide to work with. And really, the harsh reality is that you get the clients that you deserve. You get the clients that you have allowed to become your clients. And often that comes about by some level of desperation whether it's a neediness to have more clients or have any clients at the start, there's a level of desperation that entices you to accept a client who's probably not right for your practice. They're probably not the right people to work with. And often it's intuitively you have that gut feeling when you're deciding to take them on as a client that maybe this isn't a great decision. Maybe they're not a great fit for our organisation. Or if you're a solo practitioner, they're not a great fit to work with personally. But because of that level of desperation, the need to have that client to provide the income that you're looking for, and that's pretty much what it boils down to, we need the money. So any client who can pay us money becomes a good client in that situation. But the reality is after you learn and, and grow your practice a bit more and you have more clients, you often 
feel like, well, I don't really want to go to that meeting or I don't want this call with this client. It's not something I, I enjoy. And often you wish that the client would leave. So, um, and when they do, it's a relief and you wonder why you didn't initiate that action months and months ago. And as you can tell, I'm talking from personal experience here. I know what it's like to work with clients who aren't right for me. And luckily enough, I, I learned fairly early on how to distinguish between who would be a great client and who is not a great fit. And that comes down to probably learning from bitter experience. And I really don't know how you learn any other way about this. But I think if you've been in practice or in business for any length of time at all, you'll understand who's a great client and who isn't. So my challenge for you today is to stop taking on just any client. And as I started to say, the harsh reality is that you actually get the clients that you deserve. Because if you are willing to take on any client or if you are desperate enough to take on any client, then really that's what you deserve. It's your own fault. There's no one else that you can blame for the clients that you have. So if you have clients that aren't great clients for you, then the reality is that's what you deserve because you've made that choice. You've allowed them to be your clients and you've created this problem in your business, a situation where you know, you're working with people that you don't really enjoy working with. So let's not beat around the bush. Let's cut to the chase here and decide if that's the case, the opportunity is to do something about it. You don't need to work with clients who aren't a great fit for you. So what I've done with my client base in the past and the people I've worked with is to really help them identify who are the best clients for them, who are the premium level clients that they want to work with and they want more of. When you come to that definition and the clarity around who your premium clients are, it really changes the focus of how you operate in your business. It helps you identify the people that you want to become clients. And when you're proactively working in the market to identify people who and organizations that are probably the, the best sort of clients for you, you can have a much narrower focus. You can be much more specific about the type of clientele that you're going after. And that makes a huge difference. In And as we've talked about on this podcast, <laughs> almost uh, on every podcast, it comes down to the level of sp specific identification with the types of clients you work with that helps you create a level of intimacy in your communication so that they know that you understand them. And that's what creates that connection and the, the level of intimacy in a client relationship. How well you understand them 
increases the level of trust that they have in you. And it increases the willingness for them to be open, to be supportive of what you're trying to do for them. There's a level of resistance that's um, taken away, wiped away because of that closeness, that level of intimacy, the level of trust, the level of understanding that exists in that relationship. And that's not there with the clients that aren't right for you. As you would have experienced, the struggle to get them to do what they need to do so that you can help them is one of the biggest frustrations that consultants have with the wrong sort of clients where the client makes your job harder almost every step of the way. So analyse your client base. Come back to understanding who it is you want to be working with and be really clear about that. And then look at your clients. Look at how well they fit those criteria, which ones really are a perfect fit, which ones are almost a good fit, which ones are not a good fit at all and then decide to do something about it. Now, if you do decide that you don't want to work with a certain type of client, you've got an opportunity to terminate that relationship with them. You don't have to keep on working with them. Now, what I've experienced too in those situations is often there's a reluctance to say, we don't want to work with you anymore. You know, that's Sounds a little bit rude. Um, and a lot of people don't have that level of bluntness that they're willing to say that. But an alternative to that is if we're going to continue to work together, um, our prices need to increase to make this viable uh, for us. And often that means that a client will make a choice to leave because they don't want to pay the extra price. But I've also had clients in that situation come back to me and say, well, we really need you and we'll pay that price, but what else is there that we can do? And the opportunity is to dictate the terms a bit more in how that engagement is going to work. So you've got two opportunities here. One, to increase your price, but secondly, to reframe how that engagement is going to work. You can lay down the law in terms of what they will need to do, the, the level of commitment they need to make to you so that the work that you do is efficient but also enjoyable. So what are the, the areas that your clients need to step up in to make that the reality? You've got an opportunity to do that, to reframe the engagement, to to uh, spell out the terms and conditions of how you work together and making sure that you're the authority. And this is where being the accepted authority is so important. When you're the authority in the uh, relationship with your clients, you can dictate the terms to them. You can spell out the way things are going to work. You can spell out the commitments that you expect for, from them. And all too often when we've chosen to work with clients out of desperation, the boot's totally on the other foot. They're the one dictating the terms to us. They're the ones who are really making our life difficult because we have to comply with their wishes 
to keep the money coming in. And let's not fudge that in any way. You know, that's the only reason that we would continue to work with a client that isn't right for us or that we don't feel comfortable with or we don't enjoy working with. It's all about the money. So we've got to remove that potentiality from this equation. And that's the hardest choice. If we're going to sack our clients, then how do we replace the income that they re re represent? You know, how do we replace the money that they bring into our practice? And what I've found often is that we go to the thinking of, well, if I'm going to sack that client, I need another client to replace them. And while that can be the case, often it's not the case at all. Because when you eliminate that portion of work, what I've found is that while those clients represent revenue, they often don't contribute a lot to the profitability of your business. The cost of working with those clients is actually so high that the profit of working with them is negligible. So yes, your revenue may decrease by sacking those clients, but your profitability may not decrease by much at all. So it's not a one-to-one -one equation. We don't have to replace one client with another client. What we can often do is free up our time to focus on our better quality clients, our premium clients, and look at what else we can be doing for them. How much extra value can we add to them with the time that we now have available so that we can be of even better service and make more money by providing more value to our premium level clients. So don't just look at it as a number of clients you know, is what matters here. It's really the quality of client, the profitability of that client, and how much more we can contribute to increase our value to those clients so they're willing to pay us even more. Now, when we can focus on that, we increase the value of our business significantly because we don't need so many clients. So it actually makes our marketing easier, but also it makes our staffing problems much less significant because we can have more profit with less work. And when we can have more profit with less work, that work often becomes much easier to perform because there's more time to do it. So we can actually reduce inefficiencies of switching between different clients uh, and having to devote time to different clients. So uh, our switching costs are, are reduced as well. But also the familiarity of the clients uh, with our, our team is much greater because they're more involved in those clients. So they're getting to know those clients better, getting to know what's required with those clients so they can work more efficiently with those premium level clients as well. So sacking your, well, the clients you don't want to have is a very 
positive business decision to make in a number of different ways. So the fear factor of what about the revenue that those clients produce or, or provide for us, you really need to look at that and and weigh that up because it's not the revenue so much as the profit, as I've said before. So look at each client's contribution to your profit, weigh up how much you are going to actually lose in profit by not having that client and then decide to sack the client or increase the price that you'll charge that client so they can make the decision to keep working with you on your terms or they will leave of their own accord. Either way, you're, you're a winner. Now, when you make that choice and you're working with premium level clients and you're enjoying those relationships with those clients, you have a much greater focus on attracting more of the clients like them. So increasing your client level then becomes a, a really enjoyable part of your business process because every new client you know will be a premium level client that you want to work with and a, it's going to be a great relationship. So you've got a lot to look forward to, more than just the money, which will be more significant and more profitable in those engagements, but will also add much more satisfaction and enjoyment not only to your work life, but the work life of your team, because those clients create less issues and less problems and less headaches for everyone in the team. So my recommendation to you is to get the clients that you really deserve and make it your priority to only work with premium level clients so that you build a business that is focused on serving clients like those premium level clients. Your marketing system attracts more clients like those premium level clients and your work is really enjoyable and satisfying because they're the clients that make your business the best that it can be. So that's it for today's Accepted Authority podcast. I hope you've enjoyed that and can really get on board with what I'm saying. I'd love to hear some feedback. I'd love to have comments, whether you provide comments um, on the podcast here, where, wherever you listen to that, or um, on Inst uh, sorry, on Facebook or um, uh, LinkedIn, uh, where you can find me just by searching for Greg Roworth. Uh, and frequently I'm making posts there but you can message me directly, connect with me, message me, tell me what you think about the Accepted Authority podcast. I'd really love to know and have your feedback and anything else you'd like me to be talking about uh, in the podcast. So what are the challenges that you're facing and would love to have more information about? Let me know that and we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. So that's it for the Accepted Authority podcast today. Look forward to hearing those comments. But if you also want to learn more about how to be the accepted authority in your field, jump on the Facebook profile or my LinkedIn profile just by searching for me in those platforms or go straight to my um, website, businessflightpath.com, and 
look for the free or low-cost um, tools and, and products that we have available for you there so that you can learn how to become the accepted authority in your field. So that's it for today. Greg Roworth out.